0: Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. It is the 23rd day of July. Hope you're having a great day, delighting in the Lord and His goodness. Let's return today to our journey through the Gospel of Mark in the little apocalypse of Mark chapter 13. This is Mark's version of the Olivet Discourse. For timing purposes, as far as when it was written, this is probably the earliest written gospel, almost definitely the earliest gospel. And thus, this is the first time that this has been written down. We are not to make the assumption that Mark writes this before the fall of the temple in AD 70, but most definitely we can assume he writes this about the fall of the temple, in AD 70. And we know this because of so much of what Jesus has been talking about in response to direct questions as when these things would be, particularly regarding the one stone, not one stone shall be left unturned. And because of that, you should take all of these verses within that framework, within that context. It is to do a form of spiritual or scriptural abuse to take these verses out of their context and demand that they be fulfilled today. To do so would be somewhat like turning on the news and hearing that there's a major storm on the way and then opening your Bible into the book of Genesis and see where God tells Noah to build a boat to preserve them from the coming storm, and you take that verse and assume that it means you should build a boat to save your family from the coming storm, no one would do that. You would say that was a scripture that was fulfilled on their timeline. And we ought to see that this scripture is fulfilled on the timeline of the people that Jesus is speaking about. That leads us to a phrase that as far as I'm concerned, is a little bit overlooked in regards to an event that happens in the very end of Jesus' earthly advent. Let's read it. Verse 22, or 21. Then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, he is there, do not believe it. So Jesus tells them that in the context of this setting, that don't hope your flight's not in winter, um, there's going to be great tribulation. Flee to the mountains of Judea when you see that that thing that, that makes desolate approaching. All of these things that are coming up in your future, watch out for them. And one of the things that's going to happen in that hour is people are going to say, he's here, he's there. The reason I say this is unheralded in an event that happens at the end of Jesus' first advent is because when Jesus resurrects from the dead, John's gospel tells the story of Jesus appearing to his disciples and they're all in the room except for Thomas. And when Thomas shows up later after Jesus has disappeared, they tell him about it and Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it unless I touch, put my hand in his nail scarred hands and touch his spear pierced side. And it's Thomas's way of saying, I don't believe that you saw Jesus, but the Jesus I last saw had nails in his hands and feet. And so if this Jesus, if this is who you saw, I I need a marker that tells me it's him. And we've called him doubting Thomas for 2000 years. Jesus, of course, appears. Thomas is in the room. Jesus says, reach forth your hand, touch my hand, feel the nail scars, reach here into my side, feel where the spear pierced me. And Thomas does and has a revelation, the first revelation in the New Testament, by the way, that calls Jesus God. He says, my Lord and my God. You could say it's right up there with Peter's revelation of thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And it's in this moment that Jesus then turns to Thomas and says, you've believed because you saw, blessed will be the one who believes and can't see. He doesn't condemn Thomas, like you idiot, but instead says, you you had to see to believe, but there's going to come a group of people who are going to have to believe without seeing. Okay, first of all, that's us. We are the group of people who believe without seeing. We don't see the resurrected Jesus, but we believe in Jesus. So, in a way, we receive an even greater commendation from the lips of Jesus because than Thomas did. But what to me is unheralded is the fact that Thomas is here in Mark 13. He listens to Jesus describing the events that precede the end of their era. And one of the things Jesus says is, look. If anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or look, he's there, don't believe it. So Thomas takes Jesus serious. And when they say to Thomas, three days after the crucifixion, we saw him, he goes, no. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for taking Jesus' words serious and remembering that Jesus warned them that people were going to say, here's Christ, there's Christ, don't buy it. And Thomas said, I'm not going to buy it. I'm going to have to have more. I'm going to have to see him. Now, we don't get another example of this in the New Testament. We don't get one of the disciples refusing to follow. But I think the fact that John throws that in, years after Mark and Matthew and Luke, that story maybe kind of vindicates Thomas more than it condemns him to say they took the words of Jesus serious when he said, look, here's the Christ, don't believe it. 22, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So the early church then is on guard for false miracles. And we see this pop up in the book of Acts. Where repeatedly they come across sorcerers and magicians, and they are, this is why they are confronting the powers that be with believers' baptism and with faith in Christ, because they can't just follow people because they have signs. And it's incredible that now, a couple thousand years later, I think we actually want a return to signs and wonders as a way to help people believe. It doesn't work that way. It didn't work for Israel. They had signs and wonders all the way through the wilderness, and they didn't believe. So it's not seeing something powerful that convinces us of a powerful Jesus. Jesus closes, by, but take heed. I've told you all things beforehand. We'll get into the next phrase, which is the coming of the Son of Man, on tomorrow's podcast. See you then. God bless.